What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Free Will, a.k.a. Hype the Healer. And we are back with another episode of the Kong in New England podcast, episode five. I'm here with Elijah representing. What up, brother? How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. It's Elijah Patterson from uh, 60 Salon. Some of you may know me from 60 Salon, having skate park page, do it for the culture, or just being around town. Awesome. I've been so excited for this interview I'm really happy to sit down and talk with you, man. Um, you know, I want everybody to know before we begin, we're about to talk with somebody who is extremely bright, entrepreneurial, business-minded. And Elijah is changing the game. He's changing the game in Hartford. He is changing the culture around here in the most incredible way and positivity and spreading it as much as possible. Um so today, I'm happy. I'm so happy and grateful that we get to sit down and talk with each other. Damn, man. Thanks for the kind words, brother. That's really dope. Absolutely, man. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to go from, from square one. Where are you from? Where were you born? How did we get here? Ooh. All right. If we want to go there, where would I start? Um, I was actually born in uh, St. Francis Hospital. Spent the first nine years of my life here, uh, basically on Windsor right by the uh, library, right off of Skitchewan Street. Spent the first nine years of my life in uh, Windsor. Spent Then I moved at nine years old to Florida, spent six years in Florida, and then six years in Brooklyn, New York, and now I'm back here for about four and a half, five. So if it adds up, hopefully it's supposed to be 26 years. Um, so got my foundation actually back in Hartford, I mean, got my foundation in kind of Hartford, Windsor, but I was always in Hartford County, so I got my foundation there, and now I'm to kind of circle back and make my way back to Hartford. It's pretty beautiful. So we talk about the gentrification and all that other stuff, uh, but reentrification is more of the bigger picture. So you see some of these people that come from other countries, they send their kids to be schooled here, and then they want to bring them back home to make sure they develop some of those things. I might have went elsewhere, and now we're going to come back to develop some of those great things we learned from every little piece and little pocket. That's phenomenal. I love that. I had no, that, I had no idea about that, about you in that sense that you've, you've lived in Brooklyn and you've lived in Florida and you've lived in these different places. Now, you know, a little bit about that. So, you know, you've traveled all over the place or you've traveled across the U.S. here. What does it mean to you to be able to have that perspective? How does that change your life and shaped you traveling and living in these different states? Mm -hmm. um, I think it shaped me a lot. It definitely made me the person I am 100%. Um, even though I traveled as far as the East Coast more so, as far as just um, the Connecticut, New York, and Florida with the South, um, I wouldn't say it's still kind of sheltered, but it wasn't sheltered when I say that because it was just East Coast. I haven't made it too far west yet. Um, but the things I have learned from learning, um, moving in those places and even in Florida, um, I probably moved a handful of times in Florida, but it taught me a lot about people, um, taught me how to be resilient. It taught me a lot of different things, you know, kind of how to think on the fly. You get to meet a lot of interesting cultures, different people. So Florida, Southwest Florida is a different world than some places in Brooklyn, New York, and then a different world mm. than, you know, Connecticut and certain par uh, pockets of Connecticut. So it's all over. Um, you get to meet a lot of different interesting people and you just get to be exposed to so many different cultures. That's awesome. Now, I feel like that's definitely played a role for sure in all of the different artistic things that you involve yourself in, the creative things that you involve yourself in. 
And, you know, I know that I met you through Guapo in the kitchen yep. as a chef. Shout and you were chefing it up. Shout out to Guapo. You know, I, I, they're incredible. So tell me this, you know, how, you know, tell me about your chick, your kitchen experience, excuse me, flipping the chicken, working with the bird. T- like, how did you get into that? In the, how did you end up as a chef? Um, so, you know, chef might be a far stretch because we in the industry. To other people, we say chef, they understand. To us, you know, I was like a cook, certain environments. I was a sh- I'll get to that story a little bit later. Um, but actually, funny story with me. So me, I was always like the misfit, grungy kid. I looked like little Uzi Vert before it was cool to look like little <laughs> Uzi Vert. So I wore the skinny jeans, the dreads, had the weird colorful mm. hair, sometimes put the spray paint and stuff in it. I wore the tight job for the cowboy and I wrestled a bear shirt and the skinny jeans and vans. <laughs> so I was a pretty different kid, you know, um, as far as I was like the misfit kind of kid. Um, but uh, I've always loved to cook when I was young. My dad was mm. a cook at one time, but he was mostly a uh, carpenter. But during the time he taught me a little bit of things how to cook when I was young, I was just fascinated with the cooking channel. But never took anything too serious. I was a kid that baked all the time and wanted to make breakfast and stuff like that. But those small inclinations unfolded itself down the road when I was about 18, 19, 20. Um, But actually, the story of me getting into the actual kitchen kind of died down. More I was cooking as a necessity just to eat. And I always Mm. just had a a hobby of just making it one to taste good. Um, So that was always a thing of mine's growing up. But when I was about 18, 19, getting a job, had to get a job. My mom was actually sick at one point and she needed to get a surgery. And she was two days short or something like that. It was like 20 hours short, like a day or two days short from getting her full-time benefits from her job. Wow. Uh, Walmart. So she actually had to go on state assistance for the first time in her life. From her being an entrepreneur, doing other things, she had to do that to get a major operation. So I legally had to get a job within a certain time because I just graduated, turned into a job. Anyway, I had to get a job, went to this place and uh, found out, went to this place and I got on the internet and found out Papaya King. And on 86th Street and 3rd Ave was my first time really being in a kitchen. Oh, that's awesome. So now, and I've seen you work at, I've seen you work the food truck. You know, and, and you at one point, you know, at one point where we're cooking, chefing it up in the food truck and one of the most, you know, the best popular food trucks here in, in, in the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like for you working in a food truck in that in that environment? Um, can you tell us about that? Oh, that was beautiful. I mean, it was great leadership, good people. Um, we were slinging some good food and the food truck was beautiful because it was my first time working in the food truck, having that experience. It was just one of those bucket list things. Mm. And then one thing about me is uh, I kind of have like, I don't want to say this word, but I don't, lack of a better terms, a hit list of certain things. So I want to work a food truck. I want to work a coffee shop. I want to work this. I want to work that. So I have these secret lists of things and it was just checking it off and Working through Guapo and having that fortunate opportunity, um, I just opened my mouth and said, hey, you guys got a food truck. Is it possible if I can work on that and, you know, I could try to utilize my strengths if I have any or just be the guy to pick up some shit and put some shit in the window? If you need that, I can do that as well. Um, Fortunately, I was able to be taken along for the ride. We did about 
a whole season, about eight months, six to eight months, something like that. And we had some fun. That's awesome. Um, but that was really good. But to tie it back to, sorry to cut you off. No, 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 go with ahead. The uh, Papaya King thing was where I was getting at it is one of my most important strengths is when I was on the line for the first day, being the misfit kid that I was, I looked around. We're serving the hot dogs. Papaya King is known for their hot dogs and their papaya juices. And I seen that we made $3,000 in one day. And, well, in literally <laughs> a four-hour practice shift, they were teaching me an orientation. And I looked around, and it was one of those, like, Matrix moments. I froze. Wow. And I said, if a dumbass, idiot motherfucker like me can learn this, I'll be good for the rest of my life. <laughs> from that day on, I said, if I can learn this, I can apply this, me, my family, my friends, my homies, everything will be straight. Mm. Everything I can dream of can start from the kitchen. So it didn't really start really back with me with a love. It was more back with a hustle. So if you love music, it's a difference if you love music than the music business. It's different if you love food than the food business. At that time, I started the ideas of the me joining the food business was starting. So uh, I was fortunate enough to go to a high school called Francis Perkins Academy. One of five high schools I went to, um, but it was the last one I graduated from. And uh, we got to have the fortunate pleasure of having internships at my school. So it was this one big picture school. Um, it was a new model where they were trying. Mm. We were literally the guinea pigs. But it was in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, right off of uh, wow. North 2nd Street. That's in incredible. the automotive building. That's it incredible. sounds incredible. <laughs> but it was Freedom Riders mixed with Cooley High. We went to school with <laughs> the Crips and the Blood. And, and, and we were a school of wow. literally 125 kids. My graduating class was literally 40 kids. That um, sounds like an experience right there. Now, I'm going to pause real quick. So... You know, I'm going to double back with you. Now, you said your mother was an entrepreneur. What did she do? How How is your mother entrepreneurial? What What kind of things was she involved in that that's kind of, you know what I mean, that's bled its way onto you and, and spread in, onto you? Yeah, so um, my mom, actually, she was actually a young lady that moved out here from Van Dyke Projects in Brooklyn, New York, got her start. Um moving hustling bustling and then about time when she was in her late 20s mm. she moved out to connecticut and started building her little hair empire at the time so she actually owned came here and started a small hair salon in east uh east hartford she was one of the first black female wow. businesses on east hartford main street right before where it splits where the cvs we know right now she owned that location and then ended up owning a clothing store one block away and then expanding to another salon. So me growing up, um, I was the youngest baby at the time. I was the youngest boy. So then at that time, I was the first kid kicking into a certain kind of privilege at one point. Wow. Um, so I was the first one to uh, experience that. But she was just always a hustle and bustler and the things that she was doing. So seeing those things in the shadow kind of built me in my entrepreneurial way. But I kind of was always an entrepreneur. But as far as seeing her way, I was a kid that would draw pictures in her shop and super clients up to pay. <laughs> or when they were, you know, getting their hair done, I would be washing their car or something like that. So it just went hand in hand. So her showing me that business ethic kind of rubbed off on me and do my own thing. So when people are like, Sai, why are you into salons today? It was just like, when I wanted to invest somewhere and at a particular time when I was at a point to invest, I thought of nobody better to invest in. That's incredible. So you would say that a lot of your drive comes from her, that your, 
your your dedication and what you do in terms of hard work and your work ethic. Most you would definitely. say your work ethic would come from her. Most definitely. Yep. Number one, definitely her. But I do have this saying, I think it was Oprah who said it or somebody, not to butch the quote, but I come as one, but I stand as 10,000 kind of thing. Mm. So I've always been a person that get a little thing, a little bit from everybody. You know, so all the mentors I got to uh, meet throughout my lifetime, you know, I got a piece of them. From even you being the mm. cool manager that you were at my <laughs> job, me picking your brain and you teaching me some things and putting me on and some stuff. Oh, this is serious. You know what I'm saying? You didn't mm. have to do some of the things you did, you know, um, being the, the, the guy you were. So that was amazing. And for me to be fortunate enough like that. So I take those little stories and others, but not to brush over my mom. She is definitely the person why I'm here today. Gave me a lot of my grounding and foothold and, you know, been patient with me. And mm. uh, as far as understanding and, and us just trying to see a bigger picture with everything. Um, but, yeah, definitely her. I could see that a lot. My dad, too. My dad got a little bit in there, too. But my mom was definitely one of the biggest pictures uh, influences in my life, I would say. That's incredible. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that as well. You oh, know, and that big part of yourself in terms of, you know, your family, your love for your family, your love for, you know, those people that really matter in your life. Now, tell me how important is it to you to surround yourself with positive people? Um, surround yourself with positive people is everything. Like, Positive, I mean, it depends on how you define positivity as well. I mean, everybody has to define that to himself. But if, if we were to generalize it, yeah, definitely surround yourself with positive people. And not only that, people that want the best for you and generally mm. want the best for you, want the best for themselves. And, you know, people that ain't going to really bullshit you or sometimes when they need to bullshit you. So it depends on, you know, knowing how to play it. But as far as... um Positive people, if I was to cut it short, yeah, you definitely got to surround yourself with positive people and people that believe in you and believe in kind of whatever you guys want to achieve. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Do you have any mentors outside of, you know, obviously outside of family uh, that you do look up to um, in terms of books or musicians or artists? Are there people that speak to you particularly in a volume that vibrates to you and your consciousness, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yes, actually. So it it goes two ways. It's, it's, it's two facets for me. So one thing that I've been fortunate enough for, like I said, with the restaurant things and started mm. to tie it back to this, you know, when we're from the kitchen, we can always mm-hmm. tie it back to the kitchen <laughs> in one analogy. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of my heroes and a lot of my great mentors from the Roy's to the Jamie McDonald's to this. Uh, I shook in the men's hands that I look up to and worked with side by side by them, had conversations with them, and even mentors that got me in the kitchen other places. You know, I can name names, you know, um, a list of names down the road. Um, So those mentors have been the most impactful for me. But it was a flip side coming from a different environment, even though I might have said, sounded a little bit of privilege earlier, but, you know, the life changed after 10 years old and different Mm. world. Um, But in a world where there wasn't too many mentors that I seen like me, there were definitely different books, you know, later, 20 years old, 21, 22, that I got into, um, and different mentors like that. And I was always a big consumer of what people call self-help stuff. I just always been fascinated about it. Um, Mm. even from when I was young, seven years old, 
watching Zig Ziglar on fucking infomercials. Yes, to, uh, yes. <laughs> a bunch of other folks. So I've seen them all, heard them all, just because I watch it like some people might watch their porn. So from those to infomercials, <laughs> I was a weird little kid. I love something about seminars and things of that nature. And then now I get older, not too many, but there are even some of those, you know, I'm a kind of not a severe dyslexic, but pretty close. So little <laughs> quotes and little things and little sayings, I definitely kind of live my life by. And, mm. You know, even if I'm going to make a decision, I might hear something or something might come back or, you know, so, you know, I definitely unfold that. So I have mentorships from all over. Some I can call, mm. some that I can Now Google. talking about somebody positive, um, Joey Batts. Mr. B, Joey Batts, uh, who done hip hop for the homeless, and now you've worked with him, right? Have you worked with him in the past, or or have been re- relation any artistic um, stuff there at all? We've done some things, done some stuff. Cause I I guess moving to the artistic realm is really where I'm going going to. Um, do you paint, make music? Tell us about that. I don't do any of it. This will be a funny story with Bats. One thing I want to say, shout out to Bats. Bats is a cool dude in the community doing some amazing stuff. And a lot of things he's put together is just absolutely amazing. Um, it's funny. My actually, my first show I ever threw mm. about three and a half, four years ago was a backyard barbecue slash movie night. And Yuzu <laughs> and Bats pulled up to my first event I ever threw. Him, CZ Santana, and Grim D. They all came together, showed love. Packed out the backyard, had some vegan barbecue, vegetarian barbecue. We had a fun. Um, but just always been a great local mentor, great friend. He's one of the best fucking spell checkers for me ever. If I got a flyer, hey, Bats, what you looking at? What, where I went wrong? You know, mm. p- pick out the grammar. But him just being a great mentor, teacher to, you know, his kids, the community and abroad. Just been dope. So person I could call, he'll pick up the phone. I like that. Mm. If he may need something, he knows he always got it on my side. But somebody like him is definitely uh, somebody inspiring. Now, when I saw you last, um, we were outside of your salon, and you were putting on a a benefit. You were doing um, raising money, right? Raising money, charity, for, yep. raising awareness right. and, um, for, for kids with cancer. Kids with cancer. Um, any other projects like that coming in the future? Um, so actually that is what you seen was year three. So we're actually, oh, wow. so we're going to do year four. We got some things already planned for year four. We already know what it's going to be. Um, this year was a little bit different because we had the COVID. So, uh, usually it's indoor at 60 salon. We usually pick one day and we just do it one big shot this year for here for the shot. We did it 30 days outdoor exhibit uh and then we did a wheat paste method just so people can have the leisure to do the social distancing and also come and see a beautiful art piece but also get to donate you know to a good cause and bring awareness mm. to a, a community so when you're driving pot but driving by and you see 400 prints on the wall it kind of gets you to say hey what is this um so we kind of want to just spark that conversation amongst the community keep going with what we do into something we genuinely believe in and it started out from you know the days of bats and yuzu from jumping on the stage that first day to two years later we started that and then now we're three years in so that whole five-year process you know flipping from me just being an admirer of the 
local arts to saying, hey guys, what can we actually come together and do? So the DJs at that event you did was uh, three beautiful, amazing local DJs that came out. They were incredible. Yeah. Yes. Showed some love. Um, and that was beautiful. Miss Connie, Basketball Jones, Steezy from Free Wi-Fi did their thing and actually crushed it. And that was just an amazing thing, them bringing their talents to bring awareness. And then we had 20 photographers that were a part of the exhibit. And then 20 local businesses like yourself and the Great Water came through and uh, did their thing. So just kind of show love for this. So those kind of events are always happening. But that one is particular once a year, just dealing with photographers and a couple other friends we might bring along. But that kind of style is ingrained in everything we do. You know, so when I came through, and I just want everybody, all the audience to know that, you know, we are uh, across from Parkville Market. We're in the Parkville Market District um, where, where my homie has his salon. Um, and when this event was happening in the neighborhood, he had speakers out, the DJs were there, the music was loud, and people were dancing, and it was a good energy, it was a good vibe. Now, I want to ask you, Elijah, you know, I see a transformation happening in this city, in this state, but especially in this area. How important do you think it is at this stage, in this age in our life, where we are now, how important do you think it is for young people to, to get involved to, in their community? Is it important? I mean, is there, you know, like, what does that mean to you? Um, To be honest, and this is where my, not way of thinking, but usually how I somewhat um, phrase up this question similarly in kind of my thing. I believe, you know, winners are going to win and the people are going to always so let me start from the beginning, actually, not saying winners going to win, because that is a true statement. Um, but as far as when it comes to leadership or it comes to uh, a problem or problem solving, there's always going to be a group or class of people that are going to take charge and want to do something about it. So I think, you know, today's failures are tomorrow's opportunities, no matter what it is. So I think, you know, there's a good percentage of kids people folks that are just going to rise to the occasion so i'm not really the guy to preach you know um we need to do better we need to do this we need to do that right i'd rather just do it in action and there's going to be a handful of people like yo that's badass how can i help or how can i start my own thing or can you put me on or they're doing their own thing and i just support or you know wish them the best wishes or send the energy their way whatever we can but i think you know for us to kind of strong arm people to get into awareness get into things you know it's just like in business as well you know uh the people that believe in your company believe in what you do are going to shop regardless mm. so even with the change there's a nipsey hustle in every community there's a nipsey on every block if mm. you're a person of power and you have resources your job is to find that person and, and to enable them with the tools that you have if you are the Nipsey Hustle on the block, it's your job to go and find those tools and to find that person. So usually I think the people that see whatever situation are going to just rise to the occasion. Heaven Skate Park page literally started with us having a $100 camera and saying what we're going to do with it. Now, for nobody, for anybody who doesn't know, um, if you're on Instagram, follow the Heaven Skate Park. What Can you plug in that, that page for us? What is um, it entirely? It's Heaven... Heaven SK8 Park. Heaven SK8 Park. Yep. So Heaven, common spelling, then SK8, and then Park. But it's not, you know, Heaven's a place, not a person. Mm. You know, I and we like to say kind of thing. It's um, 
it's really just it was just a band of misfits that were there we always were hanging out anyway so it was like hey wouldn't it be cool if we actually documented this shit yeah and that's just what it started i mean the photographs that you guys take and the profiles that you do mm-hmm. you know uh, are the people in the community are incredible it's and i feel like it's doing a great service you know of of just perpetuating kindness you know mm-hmm. and gratitude and a lot what's going down there and you don't see that a lot in a skate park in terms i mean that you know great things happen in skate parks but in terms of like community events coming Glad together i mean you know that's that's phenomenal so i do want people to check that out and i hope they do now do you have a routine do you have a routine that keeps you focused do you have a routine or are you kind of just fly by the wheels guy go with the flow um as far as in the do it for the culture world, it goes both ways or the kitchen world. I look at them differently. Mm. It sounds funny, but the kitchen world, I'm more disciplined and it's more of a, hey, in 10 years, I'm just, you know, positioning myself and um, working and strengthening certain tools in my toolbox for a bigger, not a bigger end game, but the puzzle piece is how I want them to align. When it comes to the heaven or to do it for the culture world, it's it's a fun shit show. Me having fun, doing what I want kind of thing. Um, but on the other world, it's it's very pen to paper. Everything more organized. This is just more fun, flying the wheel. What happens? Seeing what's under the next door, behind the next curtain, kind of thing. Um, but as far as a day to day, me structured, it depends on really what's at hand at work time so each day is slightly similar but different each Mm -hmm. week is different each quarter is different so it all depends on what's the task at hand but the underlying thing is always restaurants and always maintaining that and that structure so yeah i uh i believe in whatever we believe in in the difference we want to make it's up to us to actually invest in that change so my hobbies i make my businesses my businesses my hobbies my hobbies and then what i think long term for another investments as well so it just depends on sometimes um some get more attention some get less but it depends on the reason and the season for it now you said you had a like a sort of like a bucket list of things to do like you you know you have things that you're knocking down you know like food truck being one of them you know a business owner you know community organizer uh what's on the list what else is on the list i mean you're conquering them you're hitting them down the block what's what can you give the 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 fans the viewers uh, another look inside of your mind what what else are you thinking um actually it's really funny because my end game i wake up every day so hopefully in 15 and 20 years my end game will actually be for me to own my own indoor skate park in like BMX track as well. So something mm. like what people would imagine what Camp Woodward would be. So the change I want to make is through those kids in that community. So me being a skateboarder for over 12 years now, um, that's where I want to give back and kind of if I would have cared to put it on my tombstone. So where I said I went in the food business and learned the hustle of the food, it's just so I can position myself to invest in the things I actually want to do. So I grew up on Viva La Bam and Nitro Circus. <laughs> and I said, no matter fucking what, I want to live like that. 
So uh, those would just be investments for me to actually do some of the things I want to do and impact the kids that I actually want to impact. So that having skate park, I keep on just shouting that out because that's just a small micro thing that's going to unfold into something else. Um, mm. So that's my big end game, my big bucket list. Everything else, I'm human. Um, I have more, um, but I just slowly achieve them and achieve them when I want to achieve them kind of thing. But I'm the kind of person that's what drives me, you know. I'm not really driven by like seeing other people, like what you do and what you have inspire me. Hmm. But I live a lot with inside of my house, inside of my head and uh, fucking every day we wake up with that Google or we wake up. I don't have Facebook, but I know it does it or some of these other platforms that tell you what you did last year hmm. or two years ago. And I'm always just trying to outdo myself. But the world that some people know me from in the creative world, I never really do the same event twice except for the hair for the shot for the cancer event. So when I did stuff doing with hip-hop duos or I did something with all-block photographers or I did something with this or that or the third, it was just little fun little things that was on my personal bucket list and also unfolding and just things that say, hey, wouldn't this be cool? So That's awesome. Bucket list. I'm always on it. Just life is beautiful. We're all going to die and in the fucking grave. So you knocking off the things you want to do and not actually holding yourself back is a big key and it's thing. and that's a drive to you it sounds like it's a drive you know that that you know that you know you're not going to be here forever that you're going to have to take advantage of the time that you have on this earth on this planet on this realm and 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 you know conquer your fears and go for your dreams definitely yeah i mean everybody has that i mean i, I think we all for the most part as human have that opportunity you know, mm-hmm. my opportunities are different than your opportunities that are different than seven other billion people. But I think every day your job is to pursue your happiness and whatever that may be. Long as it's not infringing on anybody else or hurting anybody else physically. I think, you know, if you say you want to ride dirt bikes in the street, long as it's safe, how can you get it done and you want to do that? Go for it. Mm. You know, I'm doing my own thing in this and the third, but whoever's pursuits and what they want to do, but. It's just kind of knowing yourself and, uh, you know, just uh, where do you want to be with it? Kind of knowing yourself. I like that. I think, uh, you know, I get this feeling that, you know, and I, and I kind of like that you say, you know, you, you focus a lot on yourself in terms of like, you know, that you're not going to strong arm somebody to try to be compassionate when you can't, right? You can't strong arm a community to want to get involved, but you know that you can work on yourself and you know the power and the abilities that you have to, to, to make the change. So from that initial change comes the ripple in the water Definitely that does. affects others. You can only inspire change, but you nagging and telling somebody. Um, I've once heard somebody say, like, uh, I don't know who did it, or it came from a talk, like I said, I watch a lot of them. And they were saying, uh, if you want to inspire your boyfriend or girlfriend to lose weight, you don't bitch at them to lose the weight. You wake up every day at 6 in the morning, you go to the gym. Mm. And you eat healthy and you do right. And over two, three weeks, they might look at you and be like, hey, what is that? How are you doing that? I might want to go to the gym with you. You seem like you come, you're happy. So it's about inspiring the change. So for me to be at the skate park to tell somebody, hey, you should do this, you should do that. No, I'd rather be the leader and inspire the change. And out of the 30 kids, two might come up to me and be like, yo, how do I start my own business? Or how do I do this? And that's where I'll put most of my time in. But for me to be like, Hey, we need to do this. We need to do that. Nobody's fucking listening to you. Right. You know, we got to stop being naive. 
I never hold information from anybody, but if you ever want to come and get mm. it, I'm the guy. I'll pitch you on everything and any plug I got until I'm dry. But you got to want it for yourself. So that leadership comes from an end. You lead by example, you would say. I would try to. You would try to. Yeah. You know, I still got my demons and I still got the shit I do. I'm still a pot smoking, whiskey drinking, do what the fuck I want kind of guy. Um, but then within my own world and my discipline, if fuck with me and you like me or you like how I get down, <laughs> let's work. And if I'm the same way with you, let's work. But I don't believe I have it all. And I don't believe I'm the right one to, is it say all, be all kind of thing. I'm wrong a lot. I'm right a lot. But it's just life. It's nor here nor there. It's about waking up and keep going, having mm. fun, showing up, and uh, just know who you are. Like I said, that self-awareness and just keep on pumping forward. I wasn't, I didn't make these cards. I wasn't, I was dealt these cards, but I'm going to make the best with them. You know, I didn't invent capitalism. I didn't invent these social structures. I didn't contribute as far as, you know, thousands or hundreds or decades, whenever, whatever system you want to say is holding mm-hmm. whoever back. I didn't invent any of them, but I want to make sure me, my family, the people I love, the ideas, um, have the best outcome. That's awesome. You know, now I'm going to, I'm going to double back a little bit here and go back to the business and talk about the salon, talk about the 60s salon. Mm -hmm. Um, how long has it been? How long has it been open? When did you guys start? Give me a little bit of history of that if you can. Oh, so funny history. So my mom, she's actually been in hair for over 20 plus years. She was actually living in Atlanta, and they came out with this thing called $50 weaves. That's just basically what like uh, the slang for them was. Mm-hmm. It was $50 weaves. These young ladies they basically came up with the uh, assembly line of basically doing weaves. So one person traditionally would do the hair. It would take three hours, basically. They brought it down to a certain mm. amount of time. What we did, she took that idea, learned it, said, you got to come to Connecticut. Came to Connecticut. We actually did two pop-up locations to do a proof of concept to see if we can actually do the idea to see if it would actually work. So we were in two salons, one in Windsor and one in um, Newbert, not Newbert, in in Bloomfield. So we could just get a proof of concept of two different markets with the more black market as far as the improvish and then the more affluent to see if it would actually work. So the name 60 actually comes from, hey, we're not going to be $50, we fuck that, 60 $60. Sixty dollar. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So we basically <laughs> named our company if McDonald's named McDonald's the dollar menu. So <laughs> McDonald's equivalently named in company the dollar menu. That's what sixty would kind of be. <laughs> so what we did was help be a part of one of the pioneers and the early adopters of this system. So even in the line that we're very proud of, if you see our shop, is the why it started in the line. Hmm. Um, so we actually started that way, but funny enough that it was so groundbreaking, the thing we were doing up north, that people didn't trust it. It would almost be the equivalent to you buying a 2020 Honda Accord, let's say if it's going for 20000 and somebody said, I got it for you right here for $7,000. You'd be mm. like, what the hell is this? What's the catch with it? It's a new 2020... So when we actually raised our prices, we actually got more. We were steady. We had the clientele. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Early days, we were actually big on the social media, but this, that, and the third, but through our clientele and our network. And um, word of mouth. And the word of mouth over the two years of the hustle in the beginning and the pop-ups, we cornered our market to where we're good enough to be self-sustained. And, you know, you don't really see a Lamborghini commercial, but when you want a 68 weave, you know where to go. 
Yes. You know, or if you want a <laughs> blank, you know where to go for certain things. So uh, we try to stay in our own lane, do our own thing, um, and then dealing with more B2B. And then um, hopefully uh, do mm. uh, a couple other things. So we do a lot of B2C, but we want to focus more on B2B and a couple other things. But when we started with the proof of concepts, um, we were doing the build out, learning the clientele, uh, sharpening our knives again as far as getting back in the industry with my mom and then other partners and things of that nature. And then it turned out to just be in us at the end of the day now. Um, but yeah, just those early days, um, me working with her and then her coming back us just figuring it out this new system but we were intrigued by the assembly line and really capitalizing off of that and then we just kept slowly building the brand building the brand mm. and then now we're four and a half five years later who put that know, now years. i know you know for 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 the listeners here now um you can see the inside of it it wasn't fully done and complete but i got a, a short little clip of it um on mm-hmm. will brazil g on my page um we did a shout out at 6d salon um, and you were telling me it is a mix between industrial, right, and modern. And modern. Whose idea was that? So it was actually a combination of me and my partner, my partner and I. Um, so she is definitely my mother. She's the uh, really the big design front. But uh, me and her just talking, I actually had this idea of, hey, let's use the wood planks. Let's use some of these things. Let's make it rustic because mm. my style is is pretty rustic. And I love modern, too. Her style is pretty modern as well and something else. And then it was really more so of uh, building out the business plan and and when we were actually talking about the business during the proof of concept phase. So if our name is 60 Salon, that's the whole thing. Mm. But um, it's studio, uh, 60 Lofts is like that kind of thing. So even when we got out of the proof of concept, our spaces were smaller because we needed only three chairs. But this is actually one of our flagship location for another bigger proof of concept where we added the makeup and the media studio, this, that, and the third. Wow. Where uh, the average people that looking at what we were doing earlier might think it was dead space, but it was actually just um, practice for four to ten years down the road. Because wow. now the age of our industry <laughs> is changing. So we want to be not on a, we're not, we don't have the financial backing or we're not the smartest in the room of this and the third, but there's some writing on the wall where the industry is changing and we're mm. going to capitalize on that in this kind of world. So Atlanta and New York is three times faster than Connecticut and using those things and implying those things helped us out a lot. Um, but even when it comes to where I was going with the 60 loft it was Mm -hmm. a concept of our dreams for one day when people would buy the franchise they would be in the loft like the creative lofts like in the 1477 arbor i mean 1477 park and like the 56 arbor street Mm. or like the real art ways they would be in those loft environments it would be a clean kind of uh turn the key where they would have that beautiful aesthetic so that's where like the 60 loft idea came out so when it comes to that rustic so we only wanted to go to a certain point so we made Mm -hmm. a funny date in a certain point where aesthetically if we didn't get certain things done that's the look because when you go into some of these old warehouses and these old industrial places they look like these uh, loft space where the conduits are running through the ceilings kind of crack mm. and it's that all white effect that vanilla box so we wanted to add that as well 
Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that with, with us, with everyone. Um, random question. Do you meditate? Yes and no. So the I would say yes, for lack of better mm-hmm. words. I don't do the sitting on the floor with the pillow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like laying in bed, relax, um, turn off the lights for 45 minutes kind of thing and just my thoughts laying down you do yeah because you seem like a very like i mean for those people who haven't met you yet and you know for those that do check out your page and i and i'm sure that's just gonna that that vibe's gonna rob on you because you're very calm like you're calming like you know you i feel like that you know you're very introspective you know i feel like you know you're compassionate you know clearly by the things that you do in the community and you involve yourself in so i think that that's where that comes from i mean i asked that question you know, have you ever had, did you practice meditation or, you know, a yoga or martial arts at all? Because I was into yoga for a little bit when I like graduated high school, getting into it. And, um, but as far as I was in karate when I was a kid, kind of dropped out, didn't really give too much fucks when I was that young. Um, but it was just (laughs) something about not really met. I read into it a lot and watched a lot of talks on it. I just never was disciplined enough for my mind and my mind racing to, and not even saying that, it's just really that would be more of an excuse if I wanted to sit my ass down and really meditate. I've had ample time and ample studies to do it over the last seven mm. years. It's just me bullshitting to never doing it, but me doing it my kind of way. So what's been therapeutic and very mm. reflective for me was doing my meditation my way, like the way I said, in my bed, doing it that way, or... If I'm about to roll a joint or something, hmm. you know, decompressing and, and thinking through those kind of times and just self-reflecting and just being at peace there. But there's portions of my day, if I'm not in a hectic kitchen, but if I'm not, then there's portions of my day where, uh, you know, I'm by myself or alone and self-reflecting, not like as um, a loner, not lonely, mm-hmm. but alone kind of thing. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's the <laughs> But no, just coming together thoughts about yeah. hey, what we're gonna do and uh just piecing it together. But as far as uh I don't know, like on the books meditation, like what I see, you know, in, in mainstream, I don't do that, but I see how certain things that I do help me in my kind of way. Nice. That's awesome. That's a, that's I just love that response. So now I know you said too, and now I know, you know, you have a vision for yourself. You have a vision for yourself, your family, I imagine, and, and your friends a bit. Um, do you have an overall vision for Connecticut? Something that you'd like, you, you'd want to see? Now, I know you said that, you know, you, you cannot, you, you can't force a community to change. Mm-hmm. You can only change yourself. But given that aside, do you have a vision for something that you'd like to see of Connecticut and it's change that's coming? No, I don't. Never. It's just it's just me, just how I think. No, like I say, I think everything for the most part figures it out, and that you know right. it just reflects in me is I'm not that important. Unfortunately, even the status I might get to or anything, I'm not that important. We'll make a little bit of change. We'll do a lot of good. You know, we'll keep it going. Um, but I think at at the end of the day, for Connecticut, um. We're going to talk about all our residents and moving as a pact or whatnot. I would just say uh, knowing I'm a scalable guy, just 
where do we fit reinventing ourselves whether mm. it's culturally financially you know so po- politically so if we want to look at our esp economic social political so i just defining ourselves in those markets you know uh we got a lot of things to do that way um for our bigger cities infrastructure i guess cooler thing for the creatives mm. for the people that actually want to see the state succeed and want to do for more for the so state. maybe more creative spaces Creative spaces um, in all fronts, but in investing yeah. as far early and as far home as possible and actually being strategic and knowing what they're doing and arming the people that can actually make it work because then it percolates up for bigger things. Mm. So if we know for insurance, I don't know what the fuck our insurance is doing. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just not educated in that. So let's make sure we keep it getting it right. We're known for UConn in our basketball. Let's keep getting it right. We're known for this. Let's keep getting it right. So whatever handful of things we're good at, I fucking support. We make damn sure great genes here. That's, That's what it. we're going to yeah. keep on doing. Um, and soon uh, alkaline water and uh, alkaline hydro water, bar. And hydro bar, everything. The salon, the 60 salon. Everything. Known for the best prices around. Everything. Yes. Is, uh, be, before we wrap up, I, I want to ask you, is there anything that you want to you know that you want to plug any any you know you mentioned something for the culture um was that a page well it's actually it's nothing anybody to follow or nothing to plug it was okay. just something like an old life so it was just an old project uh it was about two and a half three years it started out with the the bats thing mm. that was the first event and we just kept going but it compounded into other things um but as far as me i'm not the guy to plug and but go follow this go follow that you know, you know, if you want to fuck with it, you'll fuck with it. Um, <laughs> Ever the humble. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's that's just how it is. Yes. I think it's kind of cheesy. Um, they'd be like, go follow this, go follow that. I big up other people's businesses because that's my job. Yes. Other people big up my businesses because that's their job. You oh. know? So we'll make it work. I'm not saying a financial thing, it's a love thing. Never got paid to big anybody up. Never got paid to wear anything. Never, none of that shit. And if they ever come with me for it, I usually deny it 99.9% of the time. That's why I've never done it. Um, but yeah, as far as anything for Connecticut, I would want to plug the state and all the great people that's doing things. Um, support the people you see on your timeline. You know, support, support the, the people, people you know. that you see on the time on your timeline. Support the people that you know. That's that's honestly like the best thing I feel like that they that you could say from that. That's awesome. Absolutely. I well, feel whatever that. part you really give yeah. a fuck about. Yeah. That's it for me. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to do that job because I know that's my job here in this situation. So for those that haven't been in the know and are going to (laughs) know, but do check out. If you got Instagram, check out uh, at 6D Salon. That's correct. Six, the letter D, Salon. And uh, please check out my big homie EMP at big homie EMP. Man. This dude is doing phenomenal things. He is doing incredible things. That's why I'm happy to sit down and have a conversation with him. He is entrepreneurial. He's business-minded. He's caring and kind, and he's changing the community. And we need this. I know I need this, you know? And I really do appreciate having this conversation with you. But like in the link in the bio, don't follow me. Just follow through. Woo! I love that. We don't that. need another fan on social media. We need actually people that are actually going to do some shit. We got too many people with ideas. We need people boots on the ground to actually execute. We need action. Anybody can have fucking ideas. Anybody. But actually doing some shit and having a resume of doing it, that's where the defining factor. 
And you close it out, brother, however you want to. I, I love really it, appreciate yo. appreciate it. Thank you very much, brother. I love you. Guys, it's been a wonderful, wonderful episode, and I'm thankful to all our listeners. Shout out to everybody in Connecticut, Portland, Middletown, Newington, Cromwell, West Hartford, Hartford, all around. We hear you. We see you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Peace and love always. Don't forget to stay hydrated. Woo!